Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. So it's October, and this is the time of the year of my birthday, and so I'm going to – last year I turned 60. I'm not sure what I turned this year. But, you know, as I reach these ages, I start thinking of myself really differently, and I start thinking sometimes, well, it's mostly over. You know, I'm going to hang around for – I know I had this friend who lived in eastern Connecticut who uh, had this chicken that she was really attached to, and the chicken got really old. And one day the chicken was just standing out in the yard, and it just kind of went boom fell over and that was it you know and I sometimes think okay that's what's going to happen to me but what I don't think and what I should think what I'm what I'm starting to realize that I should think particularly based uh, on the interviews that we're about to do here is that I should think I got 45 more years during which time I may embark on all kinds of fascinating adventures I might be productive in ways I hadn't dreamed of so far I could be publishable 45 years from today it's a rosy scenario it doesn't happen to a lot of people but it does happen to some people and it did happen to one person you're going to hear about that one person today so to help us tell that story in studio old friend Nancy Slonim Ernie and then uh, on the phone with us is Lori David Lori's the producer of in- Inconvenient Truth and she and Nancy are the people who who are responsible for what Lori has edited here which is called Poems from the Pond it's a co- collection written by a remarkable person who I wish you could meet in person and unfortunately she departed this earth earlier this year, but you're going to hear all about her. Uh, Nancy, I should say, is a commenter for NPR's All Things Considered and the founder of the Chillamark Writing Workshop on Martha's Vineyard. So, Nancy, I'm going to have you begin this story. Introduce us to this poet and tell us how you knew her. Okay. So 15 years ago, she and I were the first speakers at the Chillamark Women's Symposium. And her name is? Peggy Friedberg. And after the thing, she actually read a poem. She didn't do a speech. And I went up to her afterwards and I said, oh, my God, I loved what you read. I want to know you. And she was older and you're always looking for a mentor and an older girlfriend. And I said, can we get together? And she seemed very open to that. And then time moved on and I didn't do anything. At her 100th birthday, that is correct, 100th birthday, she read again at the Chilmark Library. I went. Loved everything she read. Went up to her afterwards and said, all right, this time, seriously, I'm calling you. She said, please do. And then, you know, Dan got sick, my life got complicated, and I did not call her. And then one day, three people's faces appeared in front of me. Stanley Edelstein, my gynecologist from this town. Mm -hmm. I just passed his office, his former office. Uh, Linda, a gal from Hebrew school. And this guy, Doug, who took my first workshop at the gas company, Mm. all three faces seriously passed in front of my face. And each one I said, I got to call Doug. I got to call Stan. I got to call Linda. I did not call any of them. Within four days, all three of them died. Blew me away. Mm. I made a pact with myself. I said, the next person whose face comes in front of me, and luckily it's not yours, Mm -hmm. was Peggy. 
I picked up the phone. I called Peggy. I said, Peggy, this is Nancy Arany. I have a poet friend visiting. Can we come over? And she said, when? I said, now. She said, okay. And we drove over. She's two minutes from my house. And we walked in, and I said, Peggy, this is Jerry. Can you read some of your work to him? She said, I can't. I have macular degeneration. I can't see anymore. I said, can we read to you? She said, I would love that. We read about four pieces, and again, I was blown away. And I said, Peggy, how come you're not famous? And she looked at me with dead seriousness, and she said, I don't know. I would have liked that. And I left, and I kept thinking, okay, I'm, I'm doing something. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be small. It's just chill mark. It's just me, but I'm doing something. And I called her, and I said, can your caregiver get you to my studio? And she said, yes. I said, okay, I'm going to do a poetry reading. So I rented 44 chairs. I baked brownies. I had 40 waters. I put it on Facebook. And all these people came, and I had friends read her stuff to her. I made a little table, a little plexiglass table with a lace tablecloth and a stargazer lily and a candle. And I had a seat for Peggy, and I had a chair for the readers. And one by one, people got up and read her stuff. She was very moved, but the audience was blown away. And part of the audience was you, Lori David, right? You were there at this reading? Well, the funny thing was that I didn't know Nancy at the time, but I had heard about this reading, and I had been hearing over the years about this iconic poet, this strange, mysterious poet that lived on the pond. And when I heard that Nancy was doing this little reading, I happened to be on the island in the off-season. It was last fall. I basically invited myself and showed up. And can you imagine if you discovered Mary Oliver at the end of her life or Emily Dickinson? That's what it felt like to me. I sat in that room, and I could not believe how brilliant and honest and powerful these poems were. You know, I, I think I read, Laurie, uh, somewhere that you feel as though if you're going to do something, it has to have an element of the ability to change people's lives, and that you felt that way about this particular poetry. Can you say more about that? Why, why would this poetry well, change people's lives? We're all looking for inspiration, right? We're all looking for the answer. This woman, Nancy didn't mention that she lived, she was 106 last fall. So when Nancy reconnected with her, she was 106. And she had a lot of wisdom, and she wrote about it. And I really see good poems become your best friends. They're with you 24-7 for your whole life. And who doesn't need more best friends, right? Poetry is powerful. I mean, I just read this Maya Angelou quote, poetry is the strongest language we have. And I totally agree with that. And when they resonate with you, when they touch you, when, they, when someone who's writing a poem talks about something you're experiencing, well, that is such a powerful connection. You're not alone in the world anymore. What you wound up with was this uh, wonderful volume that includes, uh, it's a collection of 32 poems by this 106, uh, eventually 107-year-old poet, along with photos uh, of her life on Martha's Vineyard and excerpts from her previously published memoir, Growing Up in Old Age. And, you know, Nancy, reading about her and about, so she became a writer really about the age of 80, right? Yes, and at 90 is when she started writing the poetry. Hello, 90. And she said a really interesting thing, too, which was, um, I'm kind of trying to recreate this from memory, but that somehow or other the intersection of fear and beauty was one of the things that made her want want to write. That even at 80, she saw the world as incredibly beautiful, but also had fear that somehow or other made her want to write. Can you say more about that on her behalf, Nancy? You know, what blew our minds was how insecure she was as this wise, old, beautiful, big-hearted woman. And yet there were these insecurities that just, it was like, she's just like all of us. Same kind of worries, same kind of fears. You know, after the reading, she said to me, 
I wondered why I lived this long. Mm. And after today, now I know. And that just did it for me. That was like, okay, we got to, you know, we got to let people know. And then, and then Lori said, I have a project I want to do. I got to make this gorgeous book, which she did in uh, a short time. Colin, I want to go back to your introduction, which I thought was beautiful. Mm. And it really does go to the point. If she hadn't lived to 90, she never would have discovered poetry. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't start writing until she turned 90. And this ended up being her most powerful and I think important work. And it's now being received and shared with lots of people. But if she hadn't, you know, if she hadn't lived that long, it never would have happened. And if she hadn't lived to 100 and 